Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Hey guys, with me today is my most recurrent guest so far, Henry the Guest. Yo, it's Henry the Guest again for the fifth time? Yeah, I think it is. Today we're going to talk about a game that I actually don't know a whole lot about, so today Henry is going to fill in most of the blanks and just kind of take the wheel here as he tells me and you all about this game. It's a mobile game, for phones obviously, called Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, it's one of Nintendo's first mobile outings after Pokemon Go and Super Mario Run. And in my personal opinion, it's also one of the most successful. Probably. Fire Emblem Heroes, what it is, is it takes the series formula, the tactical strategy RPG combat, and brings it down into mobile form. It is not as in-depth as the original series Fire Emblem games, but it's still fun regardless. Yeah, I imagine that since it's played on the phone, it can't really do too much to go in-depth. Right, there's no accuracy as an example. They still do have a pseudo weapon triangle but it's based on colors yeah and you also don't have you can't just throw everyone onto a team you have a maximum of four yeah it's four v four although in some maps it's four v more than four which is like okay you guys are cheating but well they do that in some of the proper video game levels don't they where they give the enemies more units than you yeah that's a good point I guess it's just more noticeable when you always have up to four. Yeah, it's exactly. But yeah, if you're doing like PvP or just standard runs, it's 4v4. Alright. But what it is, is you actually have, hence the name, Fire Emblem characters from all across the entire series that you can summon using orbs and then place on your team. Alright. Though I think it warrants a mention that there is a bit of a bias towards the recent 3DS titles... There is, but they do have a lot of the ones from the original games, or earlier games as well. Yeah, they do. Notably, they have Marth, Roy... Well, yeah, of course they have Marth. He's kind of the face of the series. Right, Marth, Roy, Ike... If the, if it's, if the character's in Smash Brothers, he's probably in Heroes. Yeah, you know, they have Sacred Stones in there, don't they? Uh, Sacred Stones, uh, Blade, Binding Blade and Blazing Blade. The, the Radiant games. Both Radiant... Yeah, Radiant Dawn and Path of Radiance. Of course, Awakening, Fates, and it doesn't matter which Path of Fates, it's all of it. Yeah. They added characters from Fire Emblem Echoes after the game came out, I remember. They didn't do a lot of Gaiden stuff before then. That's part of it. In fact, I believe um, Thrasia776 also gets eh, some screen time here, and that's not even a U.S. game. That's, I believe that's Japan only. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny how Fire Emblem just started as this, oh yeah, they're the Japanese guys in Smash Brothers Melee, and now it's this wildly popular phone game. Oh yeah, it is very popular. Yeah. So, I've already dipped into the gameplay a little bit, but essentially it is, well, if you played a Fire Emblem game, it's more of the same here. It's a simplified strategy RPG that's turn-based. It's turn-based, you always go first, and of course, once a unit reaches zero hit points, they're out. Unlike all the other Fire Emblem games, though, there's no option for casual or classic mode. It's always played casual. Well, it's probably because of the summoning system. They don't want to have you waste your money on a unit that just now died. Yeah, so it's just... if you Basically, the penalty for dying is you lose any experience that unit would have gained for the map. 
instead. Yeah. Fire Emblem has kind of leaned more towards uh, casual mode as of Awakening, because I know that all of the 3DS titles have a casual mode where the permadeath is turned off, and I know that they also have a variant of that in Warriors. I'm not familiar with Warriors, but that does sound like... Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Warriors yet either, but I do remember reading about that, and I do remember wanting the game every day. (laughs) But yeah, so part of the gameplay is, of course, the weapon triangle, although in this case it's a color triangle. Red beats green, green beats blue, blue beats red. There's a fourth color, colorless. I guess that's not really a color, but point remains. I can't see it as like a gray or a white. Yeah, that doesn't have any bonuses or penalties depending on color though there are some units that can get a that can get various weapons that can deal with colorless units okay so it because we're both big pokemon fans it kind of reminds me of the normal type in pokemon it bas- that's basically what it is doesn't really it only has one weakness doesn't have any super effective uh, do, although normal does have an immunity people tend to forget about well yeah but i'm saying that it's the colorless in Fire Emblem Heroes is kind of the old, reliable, you know? It is, but um, you can also see that the different colors also represent different weapons. For example, red is almost always swords, green is almost always axes, and blue is almost always lances. There are a few exceptions, like you have your dragon units, and of course you have your tomes. Mm-hmm. Bows and daggers slash shuriken, all fall under, those fall under colorless. Okay. Oh, and, oh, and uh, staves. Staves also fall under colorless. All right, and you were telling me that there are different types of units, like the armored and the flyers. And there are four different kinds of units. There's your infantry, the most common one. They move two spaces, and that's about it. Uh, armor units can only move one space, but they have great defense. Mm-hmm. Cavalry units can move three spaces, but they cannot move into woods. Mm-hmm. And flyers move two spaces and can go over any terrain, but they're weak to bows. Right, that sounds... Like the Fire Emblem I know. Yeah, it's pretty standard stuff as far as Fire Emblem is concerned. Though recently, and I'll get into more of this later, they've started adding hybrid units. I'll get more into that later on. Okay. So the next thing that you were going to talk about is the summoning system. That's kind of the draw of the game, I think. That's Yeah, because you it's always luck-based, but you need orbs in order to summon. Now, you can buy orbs, but you never have to. You can grind for them instead. Yeah. Either by playing playing the story missions, or the arena, or doing the various trials that come up, or the grand hero battles. Almost anything can drop an orb for you. I think you do have a stamina system in place, so you can't do too much grinding at once. Yeah, but they're very generous with the stamina potions. Yeah. They're... They are trying to weasel as much money out of you as they can, but they're fair about it. They are fair, and I think Nintendo, since it already has a lot of money anyway, isn't focusing as heavily on a pay-to-play aspect as most others would. Well, most games call it free-to-play. Nintendo prefers to call it free-to-start, which I think is a more honest version of it, and I can respect that. Uh, yeah, because you can't, like I said, you can't spend money on this. I never have. Me neither, for the brief time I've spent with it. And I've still managed to get some really good units. Right. It's called a gotcha game. I think that's because of gotcha pawn machines. Uh, essentially, it's gambling. Or more accurate, it's like a gumball machine where you twist the crank and you get a little capsule with a little gift in it. In this case, it's... Well, it's for heroes. Yeah. I remember there were times where... 
I would finally have enough orbs and... Well, okay, I can't complain too much because I did get some good ones. I, at two different points, I got five-star versions of Ike. Two different versions of him, no less. But I just remember getting a lot of stalls. Told me that. Like, the and, game just really wanted me to play with stall. Ah, uh, there, there was a time where I kept getting Hanas. Huh. Yeah, I don't like the luck-based aspect to it because it's... Well, it's just not fun for me because, oh, there go my orbs. I'm not going to get those back very easily, you know. So I guess that's why, you know, money, they want me to pay. Right. Or but don't... I'm sorry to interrupt, but paying for it, it's still a random chance. You're not guaranteed even if you pay, isn't it? You're not guaranteed. The only reason I would spend money on orbs is if I'm grinding for feathers, but I'll explain later. Okay. That being said, you brought up the five-star. There is a rarity system in this game, one to five-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, five star is best. One star is not. When you do summoning, you can never get below a three star. Oh. Yeah, it's always three, four, or five. And some heroes are three to four star only. Some are four to five only. Some are five only. Like, I actually picked up a Summer Xander a few weeks back, and he can only appear as a five star. Only a few weeks back? Yeah, I know. In the middle of winter, I got a Summer Xander. I wonder if they're doing an event for that, because I remember the seasonal characters being limited time. They're not, but what it looks like is what they're doing is they once the time has passed and they let it cool a little bit, they add them into the logo rhythm. Okay, well that's kind of cool, so if you want a certain kind of unit, you don't miss them forever. I could be wrong, though. That's just what I've noticed. Hmm. Okay, well, you're the one who would know more than me on this one. The thing with the rarity system is, if you get a... Let's say you get... Well, I'll take one earlier. I got earlier, Hana. I have three four-star Hanas. Mm-hmm. If I want to upgrade her rarity, I can. You just need a bunch of seals and a bunch of feathers. Okay, that sounds obnoxious. It's grindy. It really is. Again, you can spend money on orbs, but you cannot spend money on feathers or seals. Wow. I say seals, but they're more like little plaques. Okay. You cannot spend money on those. You have to grind for them. If I could revise the summoning system, I would have made it more like the trophy lottery in Super Smash Bros. Melee, where you can pay as many orbs as you want, but if you pay more orbs, the likelihood of getting a better or rarer hero goes up. It's interesting you mentioned that, because it's not exactly the same, but if you have 20 orbs, which is what you're going to want... You can summon five heroes at a time, which is the maximum allowed. Yeah, I know about that, but that's all just completely random. You could get five very bad heroes, or you could somehow get five great heroes, or you could get, like, one okay hero, three uh, heroes, one bad hero. They did change the algorithm. They changed it a couple ways. One, a lot of the times they're now giving you one free summon. Mm -hmm. So you only need 15 orbs in order to do a full summon the first time. And second is they changed the logarithm to actually pop out more four-star heroes now. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, They've changed it a little since the last time I've tried it. I think they're trying to make it easier for new players. Well, that is admirable, and that kind of fits Nintendo's philosophy. Mm -hmm. I I know that making the system more akin to the trophy lottery kind of defeat the purpose of nudging you towards paying to get more orbs. Right, and even then, if you're paying for orbs, they're not that expensive. Well, no, but I can see it being that kind of purchase where you just do it a little more and a little more, and it just adds up over time. Heck, I mean, heck, recently they had their one-year anniversary. They gave everyone, I want to say, like 30 or 35 orbs. 
Ah, oh, too bad I don't play anymore. I could have yeah. had some. Yeah, there was a time where my friend who also plays had like sixty orbs. Wow. Uh well yeah, I remember I got brick walled in a story mission and I just like oh okay, I'm not committed enough to grind for this. I think I'm done. I've actually completed the entire story, uh both books so far. Okay. Because they've added a second one recently. Alright. Well, why don't you tell me about the story mode? The story mode is, believe it or not, this one's actually rather complex for a mobile game. It's still pretty bare bones. You play as the Summoner, a character name you specify, who can wield an ancient artifact, or, <laughs> as one of the heroes puts it, it shoots out heroes. Basically. Yeah. Basically, you are the prophesied Summoner that will save the kingdom of Asker. A-S-K-R. Yeah, I don't know where that name came from. I don't either. Is home to the Order of Heroes. That would be Prince Alphonse, Princess Sharina, and Commander Anna. Yeah, because they had to get Anna in the game. And, of course, yeah, she's money-hungry like in every game. Though this one's a little bit more tempered about it. Alright. You're defending the homeland from the evil Imbla Empire, who is taking over the worlds of other heroes and using them as foot soldiers, basically. Right, so basically an evil version of you. Yeah, it's even specified that the kingdom of Asker could close the gateways, Embla could open them, and, uh, or no, it's the other way, I'm sorry. It takes one to open it, the other to close, and even if they were to try to slam them shut, the other side would just open it again. Hmm. So they're constantly having to defend. Right, that sounds very obnoxious. What comes to light later, however, is that the heirs to the Embla throne are possessed by some evil power in their blood. The the little girl? Uh, there's two, actually. There's the little girl, Veronica, and then her... and then Prince Bruno. Oh. Okay. He's the one who's actually seeking a cure, if you will, for their condition. He's the one that I couldn't defeat, and I just kind of dropped the game. Bruno is pretty tough, but... unless you cheated like I did. Uh, By cheated, I mean I got really lucky and got two five-star brave heroes. All right. Didn't they add a new original character after a certain point? Suter. Two, actually. Suter and Fiorm. Okay. What's uh, going on with them? Oh, uh, Surter, rather. S-U-R-T-R. I, I is, think it might be Surt, like in the Norse mythology. Probably. Is the king of of Muspel. M-U-S-P-E-L-L. Oh, Muspel. Yeah, yeah. Muspel. It's definitely going for Norse mythology, then. The Kingdom of Flames. Yeah, like Muspelheim. Yeah. Now, Fjorm, F-J-O-R-M is the princess of the Ice Kingdom of Niffle? Oh yeah, like Niflheim. They're, they're so Norse with this. Yeah. Well, no one can defeat Sir... Uh, how do you say his name? Sir. Sir. Because, literally in gameplay, he has an ability that makes him invulnerable to damage. Oh, that's not cheating at all. I know, right? Then again, Embla had something similar, but it wore off after a time. His never wears out. Okay, so... Does this mean that the Asker and Embla conflict is resolved and now the Summoner's just hanging out with these new guys instead? Nope. Asker is still fighting Embla, and then this guy, Sirt, joins up with Embla and is taking the fight to you. Okay, and I guess you're getting the Niffle people. You're going to the kingdom... This is where we are currently. You're going to the kingdom of Niffle to find a way to stop him. Okay. there is a way to stop him, we just don't know what it is yet. And I'm going to guess that involves more of going around maps that are themed after the past Fire Emblem games. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Although a lot of them are original, too, if they're themed after the new guys. 
because Alphonse, Sharina, uh, Anna, somewhat, Sert, Veronica, Bruno, and Fjorm are actually all original characters. I remember Again, that. except for Anna, somewhat. Yeah. There is an interesting little side plot going on, too. Really? Xander. Oh, as, in, as in from Fire Emblem Fates. Even the basically the way they enslave, and I use that with huge air quotes, heroes yeah. is by giving them a contract that says you have to do what we do. However, you break the contract by proving you're stronger. Okay. It's a rather flimsy excuse, but I'll, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Xander, even though the contract was broken on the world of Conquest, because they split up between Conquest and Birthright, chose to stay with Veronica of I, his own free will. I remember. We still don't know why. I thought it was because Veronica reminded him of Corrin or something. I think so, but I think there's more to it than that. Maybe. Because you can get both Corrins in this game. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, you can get your own Xander. You can get three versions of him, actually. Yeah. You get, like, a team of Xanders to fight their Xander. Uh, yeah. My Xander's better than your Xander. So, that's the story mode, you said. That's, that's where we are right now. Not including paralogues, which are just side stories. Okay, and who knows where the story will be by the time this episode actually airs. As far as right now, it is currently in Book 2, Chapter 4. Chapter 5 has not been released yet. Okay, how many chapters were in the first one? I want to say 13. Ooh, that's a lot. Plus two intercessions. Ah. And each of those were split up into five different parts. So, we might be in book two for a while. Probably. It's much like Last Airbender. I wonder how many books they're going to have on this. As long as the series keeps going, they'll keep coming out with new content. Yeah, but eventually they're going to... They're going to need to really stretch to justify some things. Yeah, probably. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. Okay. By the way, we didn't mention this earlier, this game is designed by Intelligent Systems. Okay, so it's the same people who are handling the main Fire Emblem games. So, I mean, it's not exactly... They're not outsourcing it to a third party. Mm. I think the Prince and Princess, Alphonse and Sharina... They don't really leave an impression on me. And I noticed they do a similar thing in Fire Emblem Warriors. Actually, that game is similar to this one in a few ways, in that an original prince and princess are joining up with different Fire Emblem characters. And it appears to have been a coincidence because they didn't know about each other in development. The team working on Heroes didn't know about... Rowan and Leona in Warriors, huh? and vice versa. In fact, they had to change some designs to make them look a little different from each other, and it kind of makes me wonder what's going on in there. It sounds like they have a smaller, separate team to work on the mobile game, and then they have a much larger chunk of their staff working on Warriors. But it also seems like there's not a lot of communication going why, on either. Why would there need to be between Warriors and Heroes? To make sure the games don't do some stupid thing? I suppose you're right. But, yeah, you're in, going back to Alphonse and Sharina, they really aren't that notable, because in their respective spots, you can find much better units. Yeah, like, the point of the game is to play with different favorite Fire Emblem characters across the series. Why would I want to play with some stranger I've never heard of before? You want to make that Path of Radiance team of your dreams? Well, save up your orbs and you can do it. Yeah, so why do I care about playing as the original guys? Or better yet, do you want to have three different Roy's on the same team? You're just making my point for me. I know, but that is the point. The point of this game is to play with your favorite heroes, or even just play with heroes you've never seen before you think are cool. Mm. Not all my favorites are in the game, but no, there's a pretty good amount. Well, they haven't added everyone yet. No, I don't. I think some of them probably won't have a shot, but who knows, really? Like Kalam? Yeah, Kalam. Yeah, Kalam. 
I'm sorry, who? Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so next was, you were telling me about the arena. That's like the PvP? Arena is the PvP mode. That's kind of a very loose definition of PvP, because in this case, you're not fighting another player. You're fighting another player's team controlled by the AI. Oh, that sounds boring. It's actually not. If you got someone who made a really solid team, you can get your butt handed to you, and that's happened to me several times. Yeah, but I feel like it'd be more fun if it was an actual other player making the moves on their own. I think it's because of internet and latency is why they didn't do it. I guess that's a thing. Nintendo seems to have a chronic issue with competent online. Yeah, that's kind of their downfall. If this were made by Microsoft... So, another thing you were telling me about were events and Tempest Trials. The Tempest Trials are a specific event, but there are actually different events, and this got changed recently. It used to be Tempest Trials were their own thing up in the corner, and the Voting Gauntlet, which is another part of the events, is in a separate corner. Now they're all just lumped under events. Mm-hmm. And you can just go in there. Like Tempest Trials is interesting because it's a it's, a, it's essentially a survival mode, yeah. where you got to go through four or five different maps with the same team without dying. And you earn points based on difficulty, speed, and all that. Okay. But, on the other hand, you also have the Voting Gauntlet, which is really kind of cool, because it's the best way to earn feathers in the game so far. It allows you to vote for your favorite characters based on a selection of eight, and then you do battle in order to make the votes count. Okay. I don't have a lot to say about that, because... That's going into the corners of the game I didn't dig into. I mostly just summoned a few times and tried to play the story mode. I've actually, when I was working last year, I actually did a voting gauntlet. Which one was that? It was a voting gauntlet. Oh, it was um, the different healers throughout the series. At least we ended up being the winner. Okay. Like you had Sakura, Lissa, Elise, Priscilla. What does the voting gauntlet accomplish? You get feathers. That's it? Yeah. I think they may have started adding new uh, prizes to that as well. Tempest Trials, however, are some of the best ways to get some sacred seals in the game. Are those just kind of exhibition levels where you just go against themed... Not necessarily. The Tempest Trials all have one giant story connecting them. Really? Yeah. Masked Marth makes an appearance in all of them. Oh, okay. As if we don't know who that really is. I was going to say, if you played Awakening, you should know who that is. And, And yes, you can have both regular Marth and Masked Marth... And Lucina, spoilers, on the same team. Okay. Then again, you can also have Black Knight, the Black Knight and Zelgius, they're the one and the same, from uh, Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn on the same team as well. So, uh, yeah, the Tempest Trials. <laughs> Told you, I didn't really play as much Heroes as he did. That's why he's doing a lot of the talking. The Tempest Trials, especially if you want to get a lot of points, are hard. This is not an easy mobile game, by any means. I feel like that's part of the reason I dropped it, because this was just supposed to be like a little phone game I play in my downtime, so having to put in all this effort towards it just seemed a little counterintuitive to me. It's not, yeah, it's not easy at all. It's actually, it's actually kind of fun. That's probably why it's popular, is because there's actually a lot of meat to it. There's they, a- they, they expect you to take it seriously. Yeah, you take it seriously when you're summoning from various different Fire games across the board. Hmm. Hey, let's have two different corns on the same team. So another thing is banners and focuses. Right, the banners and focuses determine summoning. There's an logarithm in the game. However, you can influence that a little bit by choosing a focus when you summon. Like most recently, there are, there's a new banner, which are new heroes, and then there's a focus for that. The new banner currently, as of this recording, is Fallen Heroes. 
Real fast, are you trying to say algorithm or do you mean logarithm? Algorithm. Okay. Okay, my pronunciation isn't the best, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just confused because I, I I, wasn't really good at math, so Al- hearing logarithms is just like, oh wow, that's a lot of math. <laughs> algorithm, that's what I'm trying to say. But um, the current banner is Fallen Heroes, which are four different heroes that have basically turned to the dark side in one way or another. Yeah, kind of the edge phase of Fire Emblem yeah. Heroes. And then the new focus, which just came, which just came out today, by the way, uh-huh. is it's called Shadow in the Mirror. Yeah, which are the same four heroes, but they're original versions. Okay, so the good versions of these guys. Which, by the way, the four are well. Well, one of them is not the same as the other. Actually, I feel like these do go into a bit of spoiler for the respective games. They do, but at this point, it's kind of par for the core. Uh, you have Fallen Robin, Fallen Celica, Fallen Takumi, and Fallen Harden. The respective focus ones are Robin, Celica, Takumi, and Zelgius, not Harden. Okay. I'm not familiar with the Radiant games, so I'm not sure why that's a thing. I don't know either, and I know Harden is not from Radiant. Radiant Dawn or Path of Radiance. I think he's from Genealogy of the Holy War, but I can't confirm that. Alright. As far as Celica, Robin, and Takumi, Robin, Fallen Robin's the one I actually want from this. He actually is possessed by the fell dragon Grima. Yeah, because that's part of the lore of Fire Emblem Awakening, and I believe in this game they actually do have him kind of vocalize about why Grima hates humans as much as he does. Right, that and he's the second hybrid unit that was ever released. Right, you were telling me about that. Right, the first one was Mur. Well, I mean... Right. Go, go into that a little more. Hybrid units. Hybrid units. Okay, this is the first time they've done something like this. Hybrid units are units that are two different types at once. For example, Murr is the first one. She is a flyer and a dragon at the same time. Okay. She's human, but with dragon wings. I thought that dragon was just a weapon type. It wasn't a unit type, because you were saying there were only the four. There was the armored, the flyers. It used to be just a weapon type. Okay. There was only... Well, actually, I was wrong. You're right. Dragon... Technically, dragons are counted as infantry. Okay. That's why. However, now that we have Flyer Dragon and Fell Ro- Fallen Robin being Armored Dragon, we now have more ways to buff dragons than ever before. However, they also come with their respective weaknesses, of course. Okay. I do like that between the post-game of Echoes and with this new banner, they're kind of fleshing Grima out a little more. I'm not particularly impressed with Grima's... Well, I'm not particularly impressed with the backstory they're introducing for him here, but I'm glad that they're at least trying. Right. And there was already several different um, types of units, even from respective established characters like Jacob from Fire Emblem Fates actually has a Halloween variant. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a Halloween Henry, and he's an armored unit. He's an armored mage, I'm sorry. But I think it may have been the first hybrid, I'm sorry. This is unrelated, but for a second there, I thought you said Fire Emblem Flakes, and that just made me think of a cereal themed record. <laughs> oh, wow. Fire Emblem Flakes. Hey, look, it's a Marshmallow Lucina. Oh, yeah. Tony the Tiger's there for some reason. Oh, no. He'll be a new banner in Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> well, they did have the um, the shapeshifters throughout various games, so... Oh, there you go. Which they haven't introduced yet, except for the Manakeets. I can see that happening more than I can see, like... Flora getting in. Yeah, I well, Felicia's already in. Yeah, but she was kind of more popular anyway. Right, I don't see Flora getting in, you're right, but you have your different units, as usual. And the different banners, they rotate out every few, every so often. 
Don't they have a few going on at once, or are those focuses? They'll have them going on usually all at once. Like right now, there's five different ones. But no matter what, you always also have a chance of getting some of the normal heroes from summoning. Like you always have a chance of getting your five star Ikes or your five star Hectors. I've been looking for that one for a year now. <laughs> He's your white whale. Yeah, pretty much. I've been looking for a five star Hector. Actually, I need multiples of him to be entirely honest. Wow. He's the only one that comes with distant counter naturally. Hmm. Without having to use a weapon. Alright. We kind of glossed over the characters a bit. We said that they're from all throughout the series, but with a bit of an emphasis on the recent games. A bit of an emphasis, but I also like what they're doing, is they're trying to do differences... They're trying to do different various types of characters, like there's... Different for- various types. Different various types, as opposed to the same various types. Yeah. Like, uh, Iglesias, another example, she has a... She has normal version, and then a summer variant... Right, they do a lot of seasonal character variants, like for the different holidays. Uh, yeah, summer, Halloween, they had a New Year's variant. And actually, that's all fun fact. There's three different Azuras in this. There's regular Azura, there's performing Azura, which is which looks about the same as the original, including no shoes. I bring that up because New Year's Azura is the only Azura that wears shoes. Oh, you don't say. That's... Really worth pointing out. I know, well, I mean, considering Manakeets have this weird thing with clothing. She's not a Manakeet. She's got dragon blood. Well, yeah, but she's not a Manakeet. Okay, fine. Those of drag. Okay, maybe not all of them, because you have all the. What is it with certain characters and not wearing certain articles of clothing? I feel like this is going into a place that you are more into than I'm into. Probably. Anyway, back to the characters. They, a lot of them like to do seasonal variants, or just variants in general. Like, there was the Brave series that came out. There's the regular Ike, and then the Brave Ike variant. Right. And now there's a Love Abound... No, no, that's not Ike. I'm sorry. There, I'm thinking of Roy. There's regular Roy, Brave Roy. I have both of those. And then there's the Love Abounds Roy. Okay. Is that a Valentine's Day thing, or...? It wasn't around Valentine's... It may be, actually, come to think of it. Because... From the name, I'm just guessing. Here's another type of variance, Bridal. Yeah, this game, I've noticed that it's definitely appealing to the Fire Emblem fans that are more interested in hooking up with their character of choice. Uh, in this case, there's four. There's Lynn, who has four different versions of herself now in the game. Cordelia, Charlotte... I think that's the only time Charlotte appears, but I could be wrong. She only appears as a gimmick version of herself, not even her normal self. And, oh, Kate Elkita from the first Fire Emblem. Oh, it's actually Sita. Sita, thank you. Sita, though, basically Marth's wife from the first Fire Emblem. Yeah, but I don't just mean the literal bridal set. I mean, that I've noticed that kind of the advertising are kind of appealing more to the crowds that... I, I really hate using this term, but... You know, the the term that gets thrown around in the fandom a lot, like the waifu players, it, they're definitely appealing to those Fire Emblem I think the guys. word you actually might want to use here is fan service. Well, yeah. De- it's definitely a fan service game. Like, earlier, before we started this recording, I showed Alex here the five-star Tharja I picked up, and she was already pretty skimpy in the original Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh yeah, we noticed that her voice recordings, they were really kind of taking her in a more... They were trying to make her sound more like a seductress. So, they know what they're doing with this game. They're really trying to amp up a lot of how people see the characters already. At least with the female characters. But, here's the thing. They keep the same personalities. Do they? Yes, they do. Okay. 
even with the different variants, they're still pretty much the same personality for what it's worth. I know in some cases they exaggerate personalities. In some cases they expand upon personalities. So it's it kind of evens out, I guess, with how they portray the different characters. Right. Like, Ike, uh, he's pretty much the same throughout all of them. Yeah, some of them are consistent. Like, Ike's pretty much... He's called the Radiant Hero for a reason. Notice the character art is a little different. They have... Like, a stable of artists working on different characters. A stable of artists. Well, that, that, that's kind of a term that people use. Well, I know, it just sounds weird, because it's like you're like you keeping them in a barn. <laughs> Alright, it's feeding time. But, yeah, and the thing is, while the art on its own looks fine... I'm not gonna lie, some of the art just really doesn't match each other. Like, Arthur is the biggest example. Yeah, the art is all different from each other... And it just kind of makes everything look inconsistent. I don't like it. Right. And there's a lot, like, uh, Arthur, I said, Raven's another one. Uh, I do like... Ogma. I do like the little super deformed versions of everyone that are actually fighting each other and oh, hanging out on the lair. Yeah, that's consistent. Yeah, I like that, and it's cute. But we're talking, like, the character portraits. Yeah. Like, Arthur looks complete. Actually, he's drawn like a superhero comic. Which is kind of obvious, given it's Arthur. Yeah, they're they're going all in on his American hero aesthetic. Which is really funny, because he's actually, if you go by Gamepedia's tiers, he's actually one of the worst ones in the game. Hmm. I remember he wasn't that great for me. Right. And yeah, like every game, this one has its tier lists as well. Ah, uh, it wouldn't be complete without that element. And being entirely honest, if it's a popular Fire Emblem character, they're likely to be higher tier. Yeah, this is a game that... They're more on expanding what's already popular than trying to introduce new things, I notice. Like, Alphonse, Shireen, and Anna are... They're not the worst, but they're definitely not the best. They're kind of middle tier. Yeah, but they're definitely proud to revel in the popularity of Awakening and Fates and stuff. They're not They're not, not too worried about expanding on the older games. Not even, because one of the most consistent top-tier characters is Ike. And it doesn't matter which one. Hmm. Yeah, Ike, Ike. Ike's popular. That's probably some of the Smash Brothers popularity he's got going for him. Oh, Marth's up there, too. Well, yeah, but Marth, I've always felt like he's kind of obligatory, because I'm not sure if you've noticed, but Fire Emblem, they've gotten more self-referential over the years, and it's always either... Well, it's always Awakening and now Fates. It's also Shadow Dragon. Like, there it is in this game, there it is in Warriors, they there it is in the... Tokyo Mirage Session game, that was mostly just referencing the Shadow Dragon and Awakening. I would like to point out that Shadow Dragon maps were just introduced to heroes. Yeah, but I'm saying that I feel like they're really only referencing Marth because he was the first. He's not really popular other than Smash Brothers. I was going to say, other than Smash Brothers, that's the only reason he's really popular. Ike, on the other hand, is legitimately popular. But he's not focused on in Tokyo Mirage Sessions or in Warriors. He's not even in Warriors, and neither is Roy, for that matter. Oh, I'm sure they'll get DLC for them eventually. I don't think so, because they've announced their DLC characters for that game, and it's just going to be three characters from each of the main games represented. So it's Lucas, Ryu, Mewtwo... Oh, sorry, wrong game. (laughs) Ha ha. But, yeah, it's just going to be three more Awakening characters, three more Fates characters, and three more Shadow Dragon characters. Well, but if that's the case, then that's the case. It's still, the point is, Ike is still consistently one of the top tier users in Heroes. Hmm. Well, one, you can only get him as a five star. 
His weapon is fantastic, and he just hits hard. I remember Ike was one of the units I had, and he was pretty good. Not good enough to help me past Bruno, but, you know. It's because his weakness is mages. Mm. And that and blue is actually super effective against red. Is Ike considered an armored unit? He's not. No, red is sword user. Well, yeah, but armored. He's not armored, but blue's going to beat red because it's the weapon triangle. Okay. And because it's a blue tome going up against a red sword. Ugh. See, that, that's just the level of detail that kind of keeps me from playing what I consider should be a simple game. If you come into this thinking it's a simple game, you're dead wrong. It's definitely meatier than a lot of apps, and I think that leads us to the final point is whether we see the game, like we should treat it like a game or treat it like an app, I think I went into it treating it like an app and got disappointed. I went into it because tr- I had heard about it when on an old Discord server. I heard about it like a game. I went into it thinking, okay, this is a game that's going to be fun, and I'm enjoying it. Okay. So I think coming, think of it like, think of it as, I would say Baby's first Fire Emblem, but that's not even a fair comparison. It's a Fire Emblem of a different color, if you'll pardon the pun. Or where's the pun? The color triangle. Uh, okay. I, I guess that. But if you'll pardon the terminology, it's a Fire Emblem of a different color. It's not. It's definitely got some of the same ideas as the older Fire Emblem games, but it's not the, exactly the same as the other Fire Emblem games. And hey, it's free to play, or free to start, as Nintendo likes to say. Yeah, I just. I didn't get a lot out of it, and I don't really miss it. I actually did get quite a bit out of it. I also do go online and look up stuff, too, so that's probably part of it. But even then, I can kind of figure out how units operate just by, you know, looking at their stats. Mm. I forgot to mention that this also has an IV system. Of course it does. That's real fast. Go into what an IV system is. It's basically the same as Pokemon. No two units are going to be exactly alike in their stats. However, this is a much strip, more stripped-down version of it. Okay. You're gonna If it's not a neutral nature completely, like Alphonse, Shireen, and Anna, because you get them through the story, you're going to have one stat that's high and one stat that's low. That's it. Alright, they're Boon and they're Bane. They're Boon and they're Bane and that's it. However, some units like better Bane, like better Boons. For example, some of them are Super Boons, plus 4 to the stat at level 40. Hmm. And some of them are Super Banes, negative 4. Most of the time, however, by the time you get to level 40, if it's a Boon or a Bane, it's a plus or a negative 3, respectively. Alright. So it, you're not dealing with big numbers here. Okay. I think... I think we've covered everything. Um, yeah, if you want to pick up Fireball Heroes for yourself, it's on Google Play for Android. I don't know if it's on iOS systems yet. It is. I, I have an iPhone oh. and I played it on that. Okay, yeah, so it's on iOS systems. It's also it, on Android. Yeah, it's on your phones. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Call up Marth. Call, call up Marth or Ike or Usina or whoever. Oh, I still love the opening, by the way, where it's or Xander and Lucina fighting Krom and Camilla. Is that the opening? I thought it was just a trailer. On That's it. the opening. Okay. Because it, it looks like Xander stole Krom's daughter, <laughs> and then Krom stole Xander's sister. Like a mutual family ransom. Yeah. <laughs> this is the real feud, not not Nora versus Hoshido. It's Nora versus Elise. Yeah. So that's Fire Emblem Heroes for you. It's like I said, free to start or free to play, depending on how you do it. I haven't had to spend a dime on it. Neither have I, but I've also not played it a lot. Yeah, for the five minutes you played. A little more than five minutes. <laughs> so I've been Henry the Guest. Yes, and I have been the Axeman, also known as Alex. If you like listening to us ramble about video games, 
why don't you subscribe to the BitCast, either here on Podcast One or on iTunes. Share it with your friends if they like the different games we talk about. Just stick around, and we'll talk about other games. See you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.